0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Nerd RX podcast and today we have uh, Krista Frodella and she is going to introduce us to RNA sequencing. Welcome Krista to the show. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, thank you so much for being with uh, us today and um, I know uh, you picked the topic uh, RNA sequencing, but before we talk about it, I, we would love to know more about yourself and your background.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so um, I went to undergrad at Lehigh University. I have a bachelor's in biochemistry. And then um, I went to Boston University and I got a master's in medical science, um, I actually started my PhD at the University of Vermont in bioengineering. Mm -hmm. Um, I was doing asthma research and um, while I was in Vermont, I got really into horses and horseback riding and I found out that um, horses were actually a really great model for human asthma. So um, I talked with my major professor and he said, if you wanted to go um, elsewhere to do that, that'd be great. He encouraged me to do so. So That's how I ended up at Mississippi State University now, where I'm actually almost done with uh, my PhD. Um, So I I started doing my research with equine asthma and doing clinical research. And that's actually how I got into bioinformatics Uh and doing RNA sequencing. Um, Unfortunately, during COVID, I had to switch labs. So that's how I got into cannabinoid research and then um, us crossing paths at the conference. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, yes. Wow, horseback riding, that sounds really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for that introduction. So talking about RNA sequencing, um, what got you interested in it and why did you pick that today?
1: It was completely by accident how I got into it. Uh, (laughs) Uh, like I said, when I first started uh, my PhD at Mississippi State University, I was doing uh, clinical research with asthmatic horses and, um, my professor was really interested in why some of our horses were getting more severe asthma than others. So, um, they did lung biopsies and we were looking at the different, um, the RNA-seq of it and, uh, that's how I got into it. And then I also did bioinformatics certificate as also, I also went to um, a workshop at UC Davis and I got a lot of training from
0: that. Oh, wow. You have, you have been to places. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So uh, why is RNA sequencing important and what are the things you would use it for?
1: So I've, I've used it both, Um, Like I said, with the um, equine asthma aspect and then also with my cannabinoid research. Mm -hmm. So we do um, uh, we do research with mice and cannabinoids. So where you would actually use it is like to look at um, like how does it change? How does the transcriptome change um, like in the healthy state versus the disease state or maybe before and after cannabinoid? treatment and you want to see how it's affecting the transcriptome and which pathways are being activated or inhibited. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. And would you mind walking us through the steps that are involved in this entire RNA sequencing process and just give us an overview?
1: Sure. So, um, if, there's, there's actually a few different things you can do. So if you didn't want to do the whole preparation yourself, you can actually send, you can get your samples, your tissue or your cells, and then just send them out to a company. Um, but what some people do to save costs is they do the RNA isolation and then they send it out to the company. So basically from there, they create um, complementary DNA or cDNA. And then they also require, um, where the company also prepares the sequence li- library and then they sequence the whole, um, sample okay. and then they send you back the raw reads. And then the analysis part is where it gets, um, really co- time consuming and then compre- um, computationally intensive. And that's kind of where all, all, a lot of my bioinformatics training comes in
0: really. Mm-hmm. So what if you don't have the means to send it out to a company, how would you do this in a lab?
1: So if you wanted to um, sequence the entire transcriptome, you really only can send it out to a company unless your school has, um, unless your company or your um, institution has its own RNA sequencing machine, Mm -hmm. which I believe Mississippi State does, but we chose to uh,
0: send it out. Okay. Okay. And how long does this entire process usually take?
1: I think I had results within a week because um, they just send you, um, they upload the raw reads to um, like a Dropbox type thing, and then you Mm -hmm. can download them on your computer. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. And what kind of samples do you send to this company? Uh,
1: You can send tissues or um, you can send cells.
0: Okay. Anything. Mm Okay. 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 And so for example, in an experiment, you are looking uh, at mice, for example, let's say cannabinoid, how a particular drug is affecting the transcription of certain proteins. So do you like send different uh, samples from different groups after treatment? Uh,
1: Yeah. So um, you can send like so you can send like group that wasn't treated versus treated. And uh-huh. then if you have a disease model, you can send um, no disease versus disease. Usually like anything you do with mice is not a survival surgery. Connect. So you have to create as many um, groups as possible. And then when you do your analysis, it's a, it's, you're always comparing two groups. So like maybe cannabinoid treated versus not cannabinoid treated, or maybe a disease group versus not a d- disease group. hmm
0: Okay, so are there any alternative techniques that you could use instead of RNA sequencing to get similar results?
1: Um, the closest you can get is usually like a lot of people do um, an RNA microarray. So you get this plate and it has a bunch of genes like probes and then um, your RNA hybridizes and then it gives you results. It's definitely nowhere near as good as RNA sequencing though, mm-hmm. And it's limited in the amount of genes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you get the results from the company uh, that provides, what are you looking for?
1: Yeah. So when I do my analysis, I compare two groups and then we see, um, so the two um, things I'm, look, I'm most interested in to is full change. So like negative or positive compared to each group and then like a false discovery rate. So usually um, you want a false discovery rate of 0.05 or less kind of like your p-value, except uh-huh. um, your false discovery rate is a little bit more stringent than your p-value. And then when I take, um, I take my significant data, you can throw it into um, a software called Ingenuity Pathway Analysis. Mm-hmm. So based on the full changes in the genes and your false discovery rate, it tells you which pathways are more likely um, activated or inhibited in that certain group. So it gives you really a lot of information because otherwise if you're, if you just have the differences, like all your genes that are significant and your full changes, you're kind of like going through each one and being like, well, what does this mean? So you have a software that tells you kind of like holistically what everything means, but then you can also go through and see if there's any like genes of interest that pop out to you. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Okay. And uh, in this entire process and based on your experiment, which step of the way would you say is the most difficult to learn?
1: So definitely the analysis part, because um, I did a lot of, um, so there's two ways to do the analysis. You can learn how to code. And so you have to learn how to use, um, use like a Linux computer. So you have to learn how to use bash, which is like your command prompt. And then you also have to learn like sometimes Python or um, C, and then you have to learn um, R Studio to do the statistics. So if you are very um, coding savvy, you can do all those steps, and it's more customizable. But if you are um, if you are not as strong as at coding, you can use something called CLC Genomics Workbench by Kyogen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and that's okay. a little bit more user friendly. But it does take a long time. I think um, one of my RNA data sets took probably two days of constant running.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. yeah, okay. so bioinformatics, like the analysis part is the most difficult in your opinion. Yes, <laughs> okay. And would you say this technique is user friendly, and I think you mentioned the analysis would definitely require some form of expertise in uh, for you being able to learn, right?
1: Yeah, it was it was uh, quite a bit of time of learning before I felt comfortable um, doing my own analysis, especially if you do more of like the Linux pipeline workflows. Mm There's a lot of different um, there's there's a lot of different parameters you can change. You can be more stringent, you can be less stringent. And then you have to really be fairly decent at coding because one little mistake in your code and it doesn't work.
0: Does this code change based on your experiment or does it remain constant that anyone can run it?
1: There's definitely accepted values, um, but you can change it. Like um, sometimes uh, you don't produce, like there's not a whole lot of, you're not yielding a lot of data. So maybe you want to set more liberal parameters. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you have too much data, you want to set more stringent parameters. So then you have like a little bit less to work with.
0: Okay, so that is where I think uh, a little bit of experience in coding would come handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And what uh, are the advantages and disadvantages of this technique, in your opinion?
1: Um, so with RNA sequencing, you can actually use um, a lot less, a little bit less um, RNA when you send it out, whereas like the microarray, you need a lot more RNA. Um, and then, so like I was saying before, you can, um, quantify your gene expression. So that's, um, with microarray, uh, it's not necessarily a quantifiable thing. Um, something I've also done with my PhD is, um, you can look at alternative, alternatively spliced genes. And that's like something that is going to probably require coding. Um, I found a program called alternative splicing graph aligner or ASCAL on uh, through NCBI and I use that to um, on my data as well. You get a lot of data from that. So that's also a lot of parsing through and sitting and figuring out uh, where where everything goes. Um, Something that I have not done personally myself, you can use a a deconvolution workflow that's also requiring coding and basically um, So if you send out tissue, each cell has like kind of like an RNA signature. So basically what the program does is it kind of gives you like the fraction of the cells that are um, in the tissue. So like, let's say you're working with neuroinflammation. It's like, okay, maybe you have like this um, uh, percentage of immune cells, this percentage of neurons, and that's really helpful in determining disease state or healthy state.
0: Right. Okay. And what about disadvantages?
1: Um, it's still very costly. I think, um, the 12 samples that we sent out cost over a little $4,000 and you really like, if you really want to increase your statistical power, definitely more samples are better. Yep. Um, but that's not like if you're working with a limited budget, it's really difficult to do, um, large sample numbers with RNA sequencing. Mm-hmm. And then and it's also computationally intensive.
0: Okay. Okay. And let's talk about the cost involved. I know you just mentioned that mm-hmm. it is something really expensive, but is it a technique that any lab can easily set it up, or it's very, very expensive?
1: Um, I, I guess it really depends on your budget. If you're on a shoestring budget, then probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually looked up the cost before um speaking with you. So um so, Nova, we went through Novagene, and Novagene charged us about $100 per sample to create the mRNA library. And then they charged us um, a little less than $200 to actually sequence each sample. So, you're looking at about $300 per sample.
0: Per sample, okay. Yeah. Okay, wow. And what about the initial prep? Is that something you can easily do, or even that is expensive?
1: Oh, no, it's very easy. So, um, whatever tissue you get, you want to flash frozen it, freeze it and then put it in RNA later solution and then make sure uh, when you send it out, it has to be um, kept cold. Okay. So with... um,
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, It's just the company aspect of this Mm -hmm. is something expensive. Okay. And do you have any fun facts about RNA sequencing?
1: So actually, um, if you're working with a very novel organism, you can actually create your own transcriptome um, de novo so, like with mice, it was what part of the process is you have to um, align your your RNA to a reference genome which you can find on NCBI but if you don't have it because you're working with a really um, novel organism, you can create your own transcriptome oh wow,
0: okay what organisms like what are what animals have you worked with in terms of RNA sequencing
1: um just horses and mice <laughs> okay okay and um the other thing, uh, another fun fact is, let's say you don't have any data to work with, you can go on NCBI. They have something called the Gene Expression Omnibus, and basically, anytime someone publishes um, RNA data, they have to also upload all their um, their raw reads. So you can do your okay. own analysis on it as well. Okay. So with that, I, because I was just playing around, I've also done um, analysis on human um, cells.
0: Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And my final question to you is, could you suggest any interesting article relating to RNA sequencing?
1: I was I would actually suggest like taking as many classes as you can, Mm -hmm. because um, an article is going to be really difficult to understand unless at least it was for me, unless you're very um, computer coding um, Mm -hmm. forward it's just going to be a little bit difficult. So for me, I would, I would suggest like taking as many classes as possible or um, taking the workshop class I mm-hmm. suggested at UC Davis.
0: Okay. Okay. So does that uh, course uh, is more uh, focused on the analysis aspect?
1: Um, the whole workflow. So they actually, um, they get you to learn how a little bit of coding and do the whole uh, workflow and the different pipelines from beginning to end. Okay.
0: Wow. That's nice. I'll definitely try to link that down in the description uh, for our listeners. Um, Well, uh, thank you so much, Krista, for being uh, here with us today and sharing your knowledge about RNA sequencing.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. uh, It was a pleasure talking with you. And, uh, listeners I will catch you next week on another episode of nerdRx podcast and in meantime if you have any suggestions or if you would like to come in discuss a technique with me please email me at Barca at nerdrxpodcast.com and remember it's good to be a nerd bye.